class was dedicated by um, Moshe and Rachel Anatian. This is in honor of Mrs. Anatian's mother. Zyortzat is, um, I think, tomorrow night. Chayasara Basar Abdoiv Ber. May her neshama have a very great aliyah to the greatest of heights. May she channel lots of brachas to the Anatian family. For only good, mazel, and only great things. Thank you so much. The year was also dedicated um, for Rafua Shalema for Aaron Ben Chaya Tzipa who needs a Rafua Shalema he was in a car accident yesterday may Hashem give him a complete total, 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 total miraculous healing there shouldn't be any any, any, any trace left over at all okay, thank you for coming so let's see what's going to happen here tonight. Um, I've been doing a little bit of traveling, so my mind is a little too mished, but with Hashem's help, everything is going to work out really well. Okay. Um, this week is Parshas Vayechi, Shabbos Parshas Chazak. We finish reading the Torah, and the Torah tells us about the last days of Yaakov Avinu, and he blesses his children, and then it tells us about the passing of Yaakov. Yaakov Avinu's passing. And the Pasuk says, Yechal Yaakov L'Tzavis Ezbanov, Perek Memtes, Pasuk Lamed Gimel, Yaakov completed giving his last instructions for his sons. Yes, of Raglov, he gathered his, in his feet, Elamita to the bed, Vayigva, and he expired, Vayasev Elamov, and he was gathered into his people. So Rashi comments on the words Vayigva Vayaosef or Misa Loi Nem Raboy. Vayakov Avinu doesn't mention any death. Vayomer Rabbi Seinu Zala, our sages said, Yaakov Avinu Loi Meis, that Yaakov Avinu never died. Chazal. Rashi doesn't give much interpretation on this. Rashi quotes it as it is. It seems like Rashi seems to be accepting this Maimer Chazal this statement of our sages in a very literal sense, that Yaakov Avinu never died. Even though the Torah talks about a burial, and the Torah talks about an embalmment, that they embalmed his body, 
And the Torah talks about a eulogy and a crying and a whole big levaya and a whole... Rashi tells you, Yaakov never died. Rashi is not philosophical. Rashi is not expecting that you will have great minds that will interpret his words because Rashi in Chumash is writing at a very simplistic level. So if he's writing that Yaakov didn't die, he means it in the literal sense that Yaakov never died. Now where is Yaakov's, where is Rashi taking this from? This, usually when Rashi interprets something, Rashi takes it from the Chumash. In this case, Rashi says specifically that I'm taking it from the sages. Our sages says, So this is a Gemara Mesechtes Tainus. It's a, it's a passage in the Talmud, Mesechtes Tainus. Let me grab you the Gemara. The Gemara says in Mesechtes Tainus, I left that. So the Gemara says in Masechtas Tainus, Now, by the way, I discussed this, I think, two years ago in a shir, this concept. Um, it's a very confusing concept, and there's so much to be learned about it. So, therefore, I decided to revisit the subject on the idea that there are tzaddikim who don't die. And the fact that there is physical evidence to their death does not change the fact that they didn't die. And particularly, it says so by a few tzaddikim. By Yaakov Avinu, the strongest by Yaakov. By Moshe Rabbeinu, it says, Loi Meis, he didn't die. And we also know, for example, by David HaMelech, we say, David HaMelech Yisrael Chai V'Kayam. In general, we say about all tzaddikim, about all righteous people, tzaddikim af b'misasam kriyim chayim, that even in their death, they're called living. The reason I'm bringing up the subject is because today's days we have chassidim that are very deeply attached to a Rebbe, and we're basically in a world where we feel a rebelless. Since the Baal Shem Tov came, there was always a Rebbe. Well, there was a Rebbe. A Rebbe means a godly man that through him, people connected to the Ebishter in, in a very unique way. And uh, there were many generations of Rabbeim. And there are still Hasidish Rebbes around. And those who find their connection through these Tzaddikim, that's very meaningful, very special. For a great part of the Jewish world, the Lubavitcher Rebbe served as like the a very, very, very significant tzaddik and a very, very big rebbe. And um, then came Gimel Tammuz in which um, the rebbe passed away at least to the eyes of ordinary people. And um, there are many chassidim who are still very connected. All chassidim are still connected. But there are some people who believe very, very strongly that the rebbe is alive. And there are many people who feel that this is something that is not Jewish or it's some kind of an idolatry kind of a belief or they think that by making fun of it they're making fun of something worthy something that they're right just because you can laugh at this crazy chassid who believes the Reb is alive let's take a look in Torah if such a thing is valid if, 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 if it's a belief that is valid according to Torah or can one argue and say it's outside the pale of Torah thought? Everything Torah decides. We don't decide things based on our kishkas, what our stomach wants to say. We decide things, or even what our mind wants to say. We, we decide things based on Torah. What does Torah say? Now, obviously, the Torah is not talking about explicitly about the Lubavitcher Rebbe because the writings that we have are from a long time ago, and this is something that happened in recent history. 
But there's a really important idea which I do want to mention. And I, and I spoke about it last week in the class too. One of the rich ideas that come about when you learn Hasidus is that you don't live in a once upon a time Yiddishkeit that happened 3,000 years ago. Hasidus brings Yiddishkeit, Torah, mitzvahs, godliness alive. And if it brings it to life means that we are just as major players in the realization of God's plan, vast eternal plan as Avram, Yitzhak and Yaakov. It's not a once upon a time story and we are just a bunch of schleppers holding on. We, today's days, even, even today's days, and to say even stronger, not even today's days, precisely today's days. There was never a more important generation. There was never people that were more extraordinary than we are in some way. And we're the ones who are here to finish everything that all the earlier generations have, have worked so hard. And therefore we can understand that the tzaddik, the drives, and everybody has to agree that the Lubavitcher Rebbe is a, is a powerful, powerful drive in the world for the embitterment of the world and for bringing a Mashiach. You have to be uh, blind or simply completely ignorant, and, and, and I don't want to use not nice words, but you can understand, uh, to, to, to not to appreciate the idea that the Lubavitcher Rebbe changed the face of the Jewish world, brought about, was responsible for the tshuva movement of, of millions of Jews doing tshuva across the world or at least being connected to Torah, to Yiddishkeit, through the most, the greatest, the greatest Torah or, or um, spreading of Hafatzah Torah Vayahadus network that has ever existed since the world was created. And therefore, this tzaddik is prominent. It's not like, okay, who, how can you say this about a Rebbe today when we say it about Moshe Rabbeinu or about David HaMelech or about Yaakov Avinu? That whole question comes from a very superficial understanding of Yiddishkeit is that it once was. Why does it have to be once one? Did God get old? What happened? Why can't now be just as important as a thousand years ago or two thousand years ago? It comes from silliness. It doesn't come from... It becomes because, we, sadly, a person doesn't feel his connection to the Abishter, to God, as a very real thing. So therefore, I, mean, I can't say that Judaism isn't real because it's not real by me. So I have to say that it once was very real and now, uh, whatever. That's very silly. So, therefore, if we find in Torah the idea that a tzaddik doesn't die, and particularly to certain tzaddikim, we find that they don't die, and let's try to understand what that means they don't die. Does that mean physically they don't die, or spiritually? If a person makes a claim that he believes that he's a chassid from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and he believes that the Rebbe is alive physically, People dismiss this person as a lunatic. And that comes simply, as I'm going to show you, from clear ignorance. Now, it's okay, you can argue, and you can say, I don't think that the Lubavitch Rebbe deserves to be in that category. That's your opinion. And the chassid who is connected believes that the Rebbe is in that category. The question is, does that, does that category exist? Does the, cate- does it, does it, does the idea exist that someone who had a levaya and was interned and put into the ground, does that mean definitely that they died? Well, most people will say, of course they died. Uh, you're not from those fanatics. 
You know why I'm saying this? Because I, I, I get it. I saw money. Like, oh, you're all about it? You believe the Rebbe's are right? Ah, what's that? You know what it's coming from? People that live very, 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 very coarse. People that are very earthy and tangible. And your only reality is what you see. And something that you don't see to you don't, doesn't exist. Then you can make fun of someone who even if I don't see something, doesn't mean that that's not the reality. To me, the Torah, to a person who's connected in a deeper way, the Torah is more real to me than what I see with my eyes. So even if I see with my eyes a, a physical phenomenon, that doesn't have to be the truth. Just because the physical eye sees that. The Torah tells us a deeper truth about, not just about the spiritual, but about the physical. So therefore I want to share with you just, and you can be the judge, to see if the phenomenon exists at least regarding Yaakov Avinu, regarding people that were alive even after they passed away. Which really means that obviously something happened when they passed because before they, everybody can talk to them and regular and then after they passed they were in a more concealed state but it doesn't necessarily mean to have to say death the way we usually... That. So again, beginning with what Chazal say in general about Sadiqim that righteous people don't die in the regular sense of the world. Tzadikim, even when they pass away, they're called alive. And that is said about all tzadikim. Not speaking of the great super tzadikim that are beyond, beyond, beyond. Okay. But then there is different levels. So let's share with you first regarding Yaakov Avinu, and then we're going to... Uh, the, the passage of the Gemara. The Gemara says that uh, Reb Nachman and Reb Yitzchak have a yasveh besudasa. Reb Nachman and Reb Yitzchak were sitting at a meal. And Reb Nachman said to Reb Yitzchak, speak Torah. Reb Nachman asked Reb Yitzchak, say something. And Reb Yitzchak, and, and, and Reb Yitzchak answered him, we're not supposed to talk during the meal. We're not supposed to talk during the meal. And then, after they finished eating, Reb Yitzchak then said to Reb Nachman, uh, this is what Rabbi Yochanan said. Yaakov Avinu Loi Meis. Yaakov didn't die. Shocking statement. Rabbi Yochanan says Yaakov Avinu didn't die. I'm sure Rabbi Yochanan would get the same thing like Lubavitchers get. Huh? Didn't die? You believe that? Well, maybe you go ahead and say Rabbi Yochanan is crazy. Chas v'shalom. In any case, uh, since Rabbi Yochanan isn't crazy, Rabbi Yochanan said that Yaakov didn't die. So we shouldn't judge craziness so quickly. Anyways, I'm just getting excited. Let's get back. What does it say? Amalei, so they said to him, He said, hold it, what do you mean? They eulogized him. Did they do that for nothing? And they embalmed him. Did they do that for nothing? They buried him. In the earth. Well, everybody can go to Ma'aras HaMachpelah. You got Yaakov Avinu buried there. Amalei, he says to him, well, I have a Pasuk. Mikra Nidorish. I have a Pasuk that says that Yaakov is alive. Shanamar, it says a Pasuk, Yaakov. Don't be afraid, my servant Yaakov. Ne'um Hashem, says Hashem. Va'altechas Yisrael. And don't dread Yisrael. I am coming to save you from afar, from a distance. 
Vezaracha from you, Yaakov. I'm a, don't be afraid, Yaakov. I'm going to help you from a distance. Vezaracha and your children may eret shivyam from the from the land of their captivity. The Abishter says to Yaakov Avinu, I'm going to save you and your children from their land of their captivity. So in this verse, it's a it's a pasuk in Yermio. Makishul Zaroi. We do a comparison between Yaakov and his children. Mazare Bachayim. Just like the children that God is going to take out of exile. That's us. The last generation. The children. We are alive. Why? As Mepharshim say, those that are dead are not in captivity. To be in captivity in the world, only living people can be in captivity. Those that passed away, they're not in captivity. So if it says, I will take your children from the land of captivity, it means they're alive. And since it says Yaakov and his children, it's a sign that Yaakov is also alive. And as Mepharshim say, that Hashem is going to bring Yaakov to witness the redemption. Since he's alive, he doesn't even have to wait for Tchia Samesim. He is alive. Hashem is going to bring him into the exiles that he with his physical eyes should witness the Jewish people coming back and he will come back together with them. Yaakov together with the Jewish children. Okay. That's the passage in the Talmud that Rashi is bringing over here. Okay. Now what else do we find in other places regarding tzaddikim that perhaps didn't really pass away the way we think they passed away? So I'd like to share with you another interesting story. And this is about Rebbe Lazar, the son of Reb Shimon Bar Yochai. Rebbe Lazar, the son of Reb Shimon Bar Yochai. What does it say about Rebbe Lazar, the son of Reb Shimon Bar Yochai? It says that Rebbe Lazar told his wife, Okay, if you go to Miran, you have Reb Shimon Bar Yochai buried there together with his son, Rebbe Lazar. The Gemara has the most fascinating, Rebbe Lazar Reb Shimon was one of the most fascinating characters there exists in, in, in amongst the sages. And the Talmud has such fascinating stories about him. In any case, he felt that the sages didn't get him. The sages didn't appreciate him. And that the sages thought that he was like a wayward son. Compared to who his father was, they felt that he was like a troublemaker. So Rabbi Lazar Shimon says to his wife, before he passes away, don't make a funeral. Don't bury me. Don't give me. The rabbis, they're not going to treat me well. They don't really like me. They don't get me. Don't make me. Leave me in the attic. That's what he says. Leave me in the attic. And don't be afraid. That's what he said. Leave me in the attic when I pass away and don't be afraid. So what happened? Um, so Reb Shmuel ben Nachmeni says, The mother of Reb Yonason told Reb Shmuel ben Nachmeni this story. Okay? The mother of Reb Yonason was friends with the wife, with the widow of Reb Elazar Shimon. So Reb Elazar Shimon's wife, widow, tells this to Reb Yonason's mother. When he passed away, no, no, she said like this. I don't have exactly the number, but it wasn't less than 18 years, and it wasn't more than 22 years that he was in the attic. So between 18 and 22 years, he was not buried. She would go up and she wanted to make sure that he's doing okay. She wanted to make sure that he doesn't have any lice in his hair. Okay? So she would, she would look through his head. 
And uh, if a hair would come out when I was doing this, if a hair would come out, blood would come. Okay, obviously after such a long time, this shouldn't happen. Um, and then it, it says one time, it's, it's a little spooky story, I'm sorry for being uh, relating the story. One time she saw a worm coming out of his ear. So she got really scared. And it, she really felt terrible. So a, 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 in the dream, he came to his wife and he said, don't be afraid. It's not a sign of my body decaying. I'm doing just right. I am perfect. Because she didn't see any changes in his body. He was as literally exactly the same like the day he passed. But this worm came out of her. She said, don't, he said, don't be afraid. He says, it's a punishment because one time I heard something disparaging being said about a rabbi and I was quiet and I didn't protest. So therefore I have this punishment that I had this worm come out of my ear. That's it. Anyways, um, uh, oh, but this, 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 this is the amazing thing. Whenever two people needed, and then it became like the thing in the town that people knew. Whenever two people had a dispute, a, an argument, they would come downstairs to the, to the house and stand by the entrance of the house and both litigants would state their claims. Why against one against the other or whatever, they would have their argument. And then they would hear a voice from the attic that would give them a, a verdict. He would paskin. They heard Rabbi Lazar of Shimon, as he was the rabbi of the town before, he continued being the rabbi of the town for 18 to 22 years after his passing from the attic. Now when did it stop? It stopped because the rabbis one day heard a neighbor getting upset at, at his wife, at the widow of Rabbi Lazar of Shimon, and he said to her, you should be like your husband who's never getting buried. So the rabbi said, oh, that means that people are, 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 are shaming the tzaddik that he's not been buried, so they have to bury him. It's a whole story. The people in the city didn't want to let him get taken out of the city because as long as he was in the city, there never came a wild beast into the town. They used to have problems with animals, but that, that, they were safe. So they had to sneak him out from the attic. On Erev Yom Kippur, when the people of the town were so busy, didn't realize they, the rabbi sent up some, to a few people to take him out and they took him to Miron where Hashem and Bayachai was buried and they buried him. But this is an, one of the places where you see in the Talmud that you have someone for 22 years after he passed away and he's paskining. Now, now here's another thing which, which we need to consider and that is the halacha is Torah loy bashamayimhi. The Torah is not in heaven. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to paskin halacha. We're not allowed to give a Torah verdict a halachic Opinion from heaven. That means if I'm a tzad, if someone is a tzaddik and he can communicate with souls in heaven and he says, I don't know what the halacha is, but let me contact the Rambam and see what the Rambam says. The halacha is that that's not a valid halacha. The only way it's a valid halacha is from someone who's paskining a halacha down here in this world. So how can Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon paskin if he passed away already? So therefore we have to say that he, that he, uh, he still was in his body. I mean, there was, there was something of the passing, but he didn't depart from the body to the point that we should say that he's not a living being down here in this world. He can still pass in a Shiloh. This is what with Rabbi Lazar of Shimon. Now we move on to another past story in the Talmud. And this is a story about, um, where is this? This is Masechtis Ksubis. Fascinating. This is a story about Rabbeinu HaKadosh. Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. Rabbeinu HaKadosh, the author of the Mishnah. 
So the Gemara says about Rabbi Lulainu, the, the author of the Mr. Rabbeinu HaKadosh, um, he said that you should always leave a candle burning in his place, this is before he passed away, and the table should be set, his seat should always be by the table, and everything should be left exactly like when he was alive. Don't mess. He's driving. A person passes away, they can make renovations, change around the house. He said, leave everything the way it is, don't touch. Why? What do you care? Why should I have my seat staying here? My time, what's the reason? So the Gemara says, Go by Shimshav Asalabese. Every Friday night, after Rabbeinu HaKadosh Rebbe passed away, he would come to his house and he made Kiddush for his wife and the family. Okay? Every Friday night, Rabbeinu HaKadosh arrived and he made Kiddush for his wife and his family. Asa Shavavta. So one time a neighbor, a neighbor needed salt or she needed a, a wine opener or I don't know. What are the things that people go ask their neighbor Friday night for? You know, you need something. So a neighbor happened to come and she was making a ruckus by the door. So the maidservant said, Shh, quiet, Rebbe is here. I go, stop the hollering. We have, we have uh, you know. So when, when Rebbe heard that it's getting out on the street, now that the neighbor knows, Rebbe stopped coming. And he said, I'm not coming again. The reason why he stopped coming, and it's not because it's a problem with public knowledge. You know what the only problem is? Rebbe said that it would give a bad name on all the other tzaddikim. What people would say that the other tzaddikim are not such great tzaddikim like Rabbeinu HaKadosh from the earlier generations. What's the proof? Rebbe is able to come down here physically and he never died. He's physically able to come back into his body. And the other tzaddikim can't come back into their body. And therefore Rebbe, would, Rebbe, Rebbe felt that this would, make a, a, uh, this would make other tzaddikim look less of lesser stature than him. So therefore he stopped coming. Now interesting. In Gilyan Ashas from Rebbe Yakiva Eger, okay, so don't think this is just a Hasidic thing. In Gilyan Ashas from Rebbe Yakiva Eger, from the, right, what does it say over here? He brings that when Rebbe came, he brings in the name of Sefer Hasidim. Because here you have also a problem. It's not just that Rebbe came and they were able to see him, they had a vision, that's amazing. <laughs> but then you can say it's spiritual. The problem is that someone who is exempt from a mitzvah cannot do the mitzvah on behalf of someone else. That's the halacha. A child is allowed to make kiddush. A minor, a minor, he's allowed to make kiddush for himself. He can't make kiddush for an adult. If let's say a husband goes out of town and just the, the mother is there with her boys and the mother doesn't want to make Kiddush. So she has her 11 years old who makes Kiddush with his tati every, every, every Shabbos, a beautiful Kiddush. He's going to make Kiddush. It's not going to work. It's not going to work for the mother. It's not going to work for the older girls that are over Bas Mitzvah. They cannot fulfill their obligation with their younger 10-year-old brother because someone who's not obligated in a Mitzvah cannot fulfill and execute the obligation for those that are obligated in the mitzvah. Now the halacha is that mesim, someone who's dead, is chafshi min hamitzvah. The reason why you're not allowed to go on a cemetery with tefillin on 
or dangling your tzitzis out in the open or things like that because you're teasing the dead. Because the moment the person leaves the body, they can't do a mitzvah anymore. The obligation of mitzvahs depart. The dead cannot do mitzvahs. Only the living can do a mitzvah. So now the question is, Rebbe passed away halachically, clinically. I like, I like the, 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 the chachamim, you know. Clinically dead. Rebbe was clinically dead. No, doctor said so. He got a death certificate signed by the hospital. So halachically he's dead. Chas If that's the case, how can he make Kiddush? Good question, no? Anyways, the Sefer Hasidim says, he came dressed in his Shabbos clothing, lovish, b'Shabbos, upoiter es rabim b'Kiddush, and he was able to make Kiddush for them, v'loy keshar mesim, not like other dead, like the other deceased, ma'ashe mesim, shehem chafeishem emitzvus, ki tzadikim chayim, because tzadikim are alive, upotre b'Kiddush, and he can and he can pater in Kiddush. In other words, to such a degree, we say that Rabbeinu Hakadosh was alive. Was to, to, to the thing that halachically he's not exempt from mitzvahs, so he can he can make Kiddush and make Kiddush for his family, and they can fulfill the mitzvah. Pretty strong. So that's another Gemara. Now, on this idea. Going back to the passage regarding to Yaakov Avinu. Just to show you how many layers and layers this, 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 this exists. This explicit statement that a tzaddik didn't die says about Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu loimes. What's the chiddush? What's the novelty? I just showed you that there are other tzaddikim in which we say by them as well that they don't die. What's the chiddush by Yaakov? So interesting. The Marsha, one of the great commentators on Talmud, and particularly the passages of Talmud in the realm of Agadata, the Midrashic kind of passages of the Talmud, the Marsha learns that when it says that Yaakov is alive, loimes, it means benefesh. He says it's possible to learn it physically, that he's physically alive. It's possible to learn it spiritually. And he derives from whatever, back and forth, his pirush is that it means he is spiritually alive. Physically he died. Spiritually he is alive. That's what the marshal learns. And I would be wrong not to tell you that there are other mefarshim who learn that way. Not everybody learns that this Gemara has to be understood in the literal sense regarding the physical body, that the physical body is alive. It's more of a spiritual thing. So says the marshal. Rashi, however, both in Chumash, Rashi doesn't say anything. Rashi just quotes pure Yaakov Avinu Loi Meis. But Rashi in Gemara, when he says, when he quotes this, uh, this passage of the Talmud, when it says that he didn't die, First of all, Rashi says he lives. By Rebbe, you can say how long, as long as he came back to make Kiddush. Uh, by Rebbe Reb Shimon, until they put him in the Reb Shimon by Yochai in Iran, until that time he was alive. Afterwards, he, you know, he, 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 in the end, he had to pass away. Rashi says about Yaakov Avinu, he lives forever. Lo forever. Lo 
But then, um, on, the, on, on the Pasuk where the Gemara answers, when the Gemara says, well, they buried him. So the Gemara answers, Mikrani Doirish, I darshan a Pasuk. I have a Pasuk. So Rashi says, Vahai So why did they embalm him? So Rashi says, Svurim They thought he died. So they were embalming him, they were taking, they were doing things in his body, uh, and they thought he's dead, but he's not dead. In other words, according to their medical, medical um, um, gadgets that they used in order to gauge life and death, they felt the heartbeat, they felt there was no pulse, they had all the reason to pronounce him dead. That's what it looked like. And Rashi says it a second time. Afu um, b'chayim. That's what I told you earlier. They, that Hashem will bring him to the Golos. To redeem his children. In front, not that he. That Hashem will redeem his children in front of his eyes. Like, and Rashi says an interesting thing. Do you know by, by Kriyas Yamsuf it says, Vayar Yisrael, That Israel saw God's mighty hand. Rashi says when it says, Vayar Yisrael, The great hand that Hashem did in Mitzrayim. Rashi says, Vayar Yisrael is referring to Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu was standing there amongst the Jewish people. No one saw him, but he was there. And he witnessed Kriyas Yamsuf, and he saw the great hand. Yisrael is not the Jewish people. Yisrael is Yaakov, who's called Yisrael. He was brought. Vidarshin and Yisrael Saba. We learned with Darshan, it means the, our grandfather Yisrael. I, Udchanita Chantaya. I, they went and they embalmed him. Nidma lehem shemes. It appeared to them that he died. Avochai haya, but he was alive. Okay. It's good for Rashi, isn't it? Not good for me and for you. Rashi is okay with learning that physically Yaakov is alive. He appears to have dead, died, but he didn't die literally. I want to share with you, however, what other Mepharshim said. So we get, we, get, we, get a, we, get, we get a good picture and understand this on various different levels. So we have Ramban. Okay, you have Rashi. Let's see what Nachmanides says. Um, Nachmanides over here on the Pasuk. Vayigva Yosef. And he brings what Rashi says. It doesn't say death. But then he asks a question. But Yaakov himself said, I'm going to die. Hine anoichi meis. Yaakov says, I'm going to die. Vahoya lekimi machem. Hashem will be with you. So if Yaakov is not, is not going to die, how come Yaakov said he's going to die? And also, so Rashi says an interesting thing. Not, not Rashi, Nachmanides, Ramban. He says, Maybe he himself didn't know that he wasn't going to die. He thought that he, is, he himself did not know that this was going to happen, that he wasn't going to die. So that's why he said he's going to die, but in the end he didn't. Or he didn't want to be arrogant. And everybody else dies. It's pretty arrogant if you say, no, I'm not dying. So therefore he didn't want to say that about himself. But really he didn't. Ah, there's another pasuk, and this one is this is the great. It says the brothers saw vayiru achayoyseif. The brothers saw kimei saviyam that their father died. Their brothers saw that he died. So it says clearly that he died. Hear these words of Nachmanides: kilahem meisu to them he died. To them he died. But that was not to himself, meaning to their experience he was dead. Or they didn't know. Or 
maybe Ramban seems to be saying two things. Possible that to them he really died, but to himself he was alive. Or they didn't know, just like we said earlier, that like Rashi says, they didn't know, they thought that he died. What does this mean? Then the Ramban says, but what does this mean? He says, The souls of tzaddikim are wrapped in the wrapping of life. They remain very, 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 very alive. And, and therefore these souls are able to come down and hover over the body. Um, and I don't know what this next line of Nachmanides means. She dresses her second garment. That she shouldn't be naked. Exactly what this means in Ramban. I didn't get enough time to really research this, what he means. Ah, that's what he means. I get it. Either it never becomes undressed from, from the body, that the neshama should be without a body, kiyakui, or, in other words, it's hovering by the body. Either it never gets undressed from the body, it remains there, or it's close enough that it can dress itself in the body whenever it, at, at certain times. Like who? Like Rebbe. So he's learning like this. The neshama is hovering over the body and, and, and enclosing itself in the body all the time. By the others, it's close enough to the body that it could descend into the body when at certain times. Not always. Ramban. But you see clearly from Ramban as well that we're not talking about a purely spiritual meaning of the tzaddik being alive. We're talking about the connection of the body, of the soul to the body, even after their passing. Now let's take Rabbeinu Bachaya. Rabbeinu Bachaya is fascinating. Okay? Rabbeinu Bachaya brings um, two meanings. He asks the question, but they buried him. And Rabbeinu Bachaya says two things. Avo pirush loy meis, the pirush of not dying. Loy tam tamisa. Not that he didn't die. He just did not go through the horror of dying. In other words, the, 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 the passage from life to death is not the most comfortable experience. That's called the taste of death. It's the taste of the angel of death. He, Yaakov Avinu, did not experience that, but it doesn't mean that the effect of death didn't happen. That is Neshama Wena. That's his first pirush. Or he says, Loi Mace means, Ki al his nefesh remains hovering over his body, Tamid, all the time, Latoikef Kedushasai, because he's so holy, because the body is so holy. So usually, the soul gets ejected from the body, because the body is not holy enough. And the body needs to be purified until the soul can come back by Tchiyas HaMesim. But when someone has such a holy body, like Yaakov Avinu, so the neshama gravitates to the body all the time. If you, if you ever have a chance, look in, 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 in Medrash Rabbah, in the end of Zeis HaBracha, talking about the passing of Moshe Rabbeinu. It's one of the most fascinating things I've ever read. It discusses how Moshe's neshama has an argument with God. God is trying to chase Moshe's neshama out of his body and Moshe's neshama doesn't want to go. And God says, I'm going to take you and I'm going to bring you up to the highest, most beautiful, holiest place right beneath, beneath my throne. And you, it, it's impossible. I mean, if you don't see this medrash with your own eyes, it's, it's unbelievable. 
The Medrash that says that Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama tells God, I don't want to go under your throne. I think it's holier in Moshe's body. Do you understand something like that? The neshama of Moshe says it's holier in this body than it is under your throne. Because from beneath your throne, two angels came down and they became big sinners. And Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama came down in this body and never did he ever do the tiniest sin in anything. So you see, this body is holy. I love it over here. And guess what? You know how Hashem gets the neshama out of the body? Hashem sees that arguing won't work. He kissed him and he just took the soul. Again, and by Moshe it also says that he didn't die. But I'm just telling you that, 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 that this bond between neshama and guf, when someone has a holy guf, the neshama wants to stay with the body. It says, Kishar nefashetz tzadikim. The Rabbeinu B'chayah says, other souls of tzadikim, that are not in such a holy level like Yaakov Avinu. Those neshamas go back. But, once they go up, they don't come down. That's a Gemara, in Masechtis Shabbos. The Gemara says about the neshama, after 12 months, it goes up, it doesn't come down anymore. And Toysavis asked the question, the Avais we find... The Gemara also tells a story about a person that was going to Mars and and he came to the caver of. They came to the caver of. of Avram Avinu, and they met Eliezer there, and he said, Avram and Sarah are busy now, they, she, 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 she's combing his hair. So another story. When he's, so, the, so the Gemara, so Toysus says, ah, even though the Neshama goes up and doesn't come down, from time to time they do come down. Okay? So here he's quoting that, that thing. He says, that's. That's, that might be true even by Avram and Yitzchak. Avo Yaakov, but Yaakov, lekedushas gufa yomalosai, because he's so holy. His neshama goes up and down all the time. And such a koyach, einoy nimtzerak lekedushim asher ba'aretz. Such an unbelievable power is only for the real holy ones. Yechide adoyreis. Only those who are the unique ones of the generation. Like Rebbe. Very unique people. Their holiness of their body is so great that the neshama hovers above them all the time. And he brings the story of Rebbe that I mentioned to you earlier. And, um, okay. And he, then he explains why Yaakov is so much holier than Avram and Yitzchak. That Avram and Yitzchak, because Yaakov, not because of his own virtue, but because he has all the holiness of Avram, then he has all the holiness of Yitzchak, and then he has on top of them, he has the holiness of Yaakov. That triple Kedusha makes his body so holy that Dafka by him, not by Avram, by Yitzchak, we say that, they, that, that, that the neshama remains by the body all the time. Now, but then he goes ahead, I'm going to give you, he explains it Kabbalistically, but then he says something also very interesting. He concludes, he says that um, Yaakov didn't die He remains existing Hear these words In his body and in his soul And guess what he says But But here's it He defines that there's two bodies That we all have two bodies There is the physical, physical body The, the ones that we can touch The physical That's one body and then he says there is a more metaphysical body. It's a body. It's physical, 
but very, very refined. So it's between spirit and physical. He says, that's the body that we're talking about remains alive. So therefore, look at this. Hagufa zehu, hagufa sheni. It's the second body. Hadak. It's a very... Shaboya nefesh mislabeshes bitsurois haguf. In other words, the neshama itself is completely an abstract spiritual concept. And when a soul has to come down in a body, it doesn't just immediately from its spiritual concept directly connect to a body. It, the gap is too big. So the neshama is first enclosed in a tsura, in a spiritual design of a body, and that's called the refined body. And then from there, it encloses itself in, a, in, the, in, the, in the corporal body. But he says this neshama is very edel, this body, very, very refined, but it has a mamish. It's not purely spiritual. It has substance. It's very, very fine. And therefore, it can then enclose itself in the physical body only at certain times. In other words, it remains in one enclosement it doesn't always go into the second enclosement, but at certain times, it can actually enclose itself in the physical body. That was like by Rebbe, Erev Shabbos, or Yom Kippur. And, these, and this body and soul of the tzaddikim, it, 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 it um, what's the word, it flies, it soars across the world. In the shlichus of Hashem, and it makes itself visible to that to the one that he that it wants to show itself to. That's why we have tzaddikim. And by the way, you should know by the Rechabad Rabbeim, there is a constant. You have it in their writings. You see it in the previous Chabad Rebbe writes about it all the times, and you have it where they keep on writing, yesterday my father was by me, yesterday my grandfather was by me, uh, the other day the Balshemtov came and I spoke to him and I saw him and the Balshemtov was standing and I hazarded the mimer before him and then he gave me an explanation on the mimer. I mean, to them, this was everyday occurrences that they spoke to their, to their, to their predecessors, to the Rabbeim. How many times did the Lubavitcher ever return from his father-in-law's ohel, where he went to the gravesite, and he would say, the Rebbe Deshver told me to give over, or the Rebbe, that means he communicated with him, he's told him, he spoke to him. Why? He's saying over here, the Rebbe Nebuchadnezzar says it, really big tzaddikim, the neshamas remain enclosed in a physical, in a physical but very refined goof, and that reveals itself to tzaddikim from time to time. So he says, the first body, it means the physical, the earthy body, that was embalmed, and that was put in the ground, um, okay, this is, this is his idea, Rabbeinu Bachaya. So what do we have from Rabbeinu Bachaya? That tzaddikim remain alive and by Yaakov Avinu, more than by all other tzaddikim. Alive in spirit and in the goof, but this that we say that the goof is alive, we mean a more edel, more refined goof, but even that can enclose itself in the physical, physical goof. That's what it seems like from his words, because that's what I would, probably would mean when Rabbeinu HaKadosh came by Kiddush, that he came in a way that even the maidservant saw it. So obviously it doesn't mean in his refined body, it, it dressed itself in its coat, not only in its sweater, but also in its coat. Instead what I'm saying. Also in the physical body, mamish. So that is the, um, that is this, this, this other beer. And now what I'd like to share with you 
is one last explanation. And this is from the Al-Shech Okay, The Al-Shech was one of the great, great, great Mepharshim on Chumash, Al-Pidrush, lived in the um, 1500s, so we're talking about about 500 years ago, lived at the same time of the Arholi Ari in the city of Tzvas. He's from the few people that we refer to as, as HaKadosh, the Holy One. Okay? So let me share with you what the Alshech says regarding this matter of Yaakov Avinu Loimes, that Yaakov doesn't die. He, he's the most explicit. It's amazing. Different than Rabbeinu Bechaya. Rabbeinu Bechaya says that when Yaakov doesn't die, he's enclosed in what? In a body all the time. But it's, a more, but it's a more sublineal body. It's a higher body. What does he say? He wants to differentiate like this. He brings the question, but he points out something really fascinating. He says every time it mentions death by Yaakov, it does mention death by Yaakov. It mentions death by the name Yisrael. Vayikruvu Yisrael Lamos. It says, Vayoyme Yisrael el Yosef, Hinei anoichi meis. Vayoyme Yisrael amusa apapoam. So it mentions the name Yisrael. Regarding what? It mentions the name Yisrael. Every time it mentions Yaakov Avinu passing, it mentions the name Yisrael. But by Yaakov, it never says dying. Now Yaakov has two names, Yisrael and Yaakov. So death is mentioned by Yisrael, but not by Yaakov. So the Alshach says it's a strange thing, because Yisrael is a higher name. So we would have to say like this, that Yisrael died, but Yaakov never died. And that's what Chazal say, Yaakov loymes. Yaakov didn't die. He says even more. The sages say, Yaakov avinu loymes. Yaakov, our father, didn't die. What's the emphasis? All of Yaakov's children, he says everybody, you have to say Binyamin too, I guess. All of Yaakov's children were born to him before he got the name Yisrael. His official name change to become Yisrael happened after he had his children. After, the Malach said to him, you will be Yisrael earlier, but I think the final Hashem telling him that your name is after Binyamin was born. So at that time, that means that when we, his children, are born, our father is Yaakov. When he fathered us, he was Yaakov, he wasn't Yisrael. That's the meaning. Yaakov avinu loimes. Yaakov, as he is our father. How is he our father? He's our father with the name Yaakov. That didn't die. But Yisrael did die. It's a chiddush. But he said it doesn't make any sense. Yisrael is a higher level. So he explains it fascinating. He says, what's the, what's the meaning of death? Death means the separation of body from soul. The departure. When the soul departs from the body, that's called death. He says, the name Yisrael came to Yaakov Avinu as a result of his hard work. His hard work. Hashem said to him, you fought against, you overcame all your adversaries. You overcame all the challenges, and therefore you're called Yisrael. So Yisrael was his personal achievements. He was crowned with extra achievements. 
And as a result of that, he drew down a higher spiritual light upon his body. That went away when he died. That did go away. But his initial godliness that he had in his neshama, that he was born with, that she was called Yaakov, that level of kedusha and that level of holiness never departed his body at all. Now to what degree, hear what the al says. Shehu al-b'chines okay, here we are. V'chol oisei hakoyach. Because when you're going to argue, you're going to say, okay, what does he mean he didn't die? Something, the body is a little bit alive. No, no, what does the Alshech say? V'chol oisei hakoyach nishar shakua b'psoroi. In his flesh, the entire koyach of his nefesh remains enclosed, embedded, b'psoroi, in his flesh. Not in the spiritual body that Rabbeinu Bachaya is talking about. In the flesh. Kigam, even though, he says, sheyeser tzadikim nekron yeshenei afar, he says, even though we say that other tzadikim are called those who sleep in the ground, that means we never say on a tzadik he died. Tzadikim don't die. If anything, they went to take a nap. Yeshenei afar, they sleep in the ground. And that's about all the tzadikim. Veloy Mason Be'etzem, they're not essentially dead. Like we see from Rabbeinu HaKadosh, he brings, that he said Kiddush in his house, Bechol Leil Shabbos. V'Rebbe Lazar B'Reb Shimon, remember I brought you the first story, that he judged the Jewish people, Esrim V'Shtayim Shonim, 22 years, B'Toy Chedroi, in his room, Achar Silukoi, after his passing. V'Rebbe Achar Bar Yashio, is another one. Shadibarim Rav Nachman, who spoke to Rav Nachman after he passed. Mitoich Kvurasi from his grave. But here what he differentiates. He says Yaakov is much stronger than everyone else. He nekol eila, even though by them it says that they're only napping, they're only sleeping. He nekol eila loyhoya behemra koyach mama hanefesh. Most of the neshama left, only the nefesh remains. You know there's nefesh, ruach, neshama. So the nefesh remained. But the ruach and the neshama departed. They went away. Yes, Yaakov. Yaakov is greater than all of them. By him, everything is exactly the same. That's why, and that's why, because everything remained. All the koiches of Yaakov's nefesh, that were there during his life. And this is an amazing thing. That's why when, when they took Yaakov to bury him, Yaakov gave particular instructions. They carried him in the same way the Jewish people carried the Mishkan. Set up. The tribes carried, you know, the, when they carried the Mishkan, the Levium carried. But the whole setup was that the Golem on the sides, which Shvatim, Yaakov set up his sons exactly that way. Why? Maybe just the body. It's just the body. No, Yaakov is fully alive. They're, they're touching, they're carrying Yaakov Avinu. In that level. And that's why he says the Gemara doesn't ask from the Psukim. When the Gemara says they buried him and they, they, they embalmed him, the Gemara, why does the Gemara ask that as a question? The Gemara could have asked the question to say that he died. He says, because those Psukim say by Yisrael. There's no Pasuk by Yaakov because Yisrael passed away, but not Yaakov. Anyways. 
If so, he says, and he, uh, this gets a little, uh, the question is when they would embalm, he talks about embalming, it's a science that the, um, that the doctors would do. And part of, that, part of that medical procedure is to take out the kishkes. Because if you leave the kishkes in the body, if you leave the kishkes in the body and the dead body, then it's obviously you can't preserve the body that way. So you have to take out the kishkes and at least whatever. Or, so by Yaakov Avinu, did they do that? So he proves from the Pesukim later that even though they, 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 they gave him over to the doctors, they never did that to his body. And the reason is because Yosef knew that his father never died. It actually says so. It says that after Yaakov passed away, the Pasuk says that Yosef fell on his father and he kissed him and he cried. Kissing is not something you do to a dead body. Because there's no one to receive. There's, no, there's no, no one there, no one home. So what's the kiss to? And Yosef wasn't just an emotional being that he, you know, he, uh, he lost it when his father died. He emotionally couldn't contain himself, so he fell on his father and he kissed him. Because Yosef knew that his father is not dead. It looked that way, but he's not that way. In any case, that's the Chiddush... That's the way the Al-Shukh learns. So again, so what do we have over here just to summarize? There is such a concept that a tzaddik doesn't pass away. And it doesn't only mean spiritual. It can even mean, okay, there are opinions that learn it's spiritual. But there is enough serious, there are enough serious authorities from Ramban, Rabbeinu Bechaya, Rashi, Alshech, Sefer HaChasidim, Rabbi Kiva Eger who brings it, and others, where it's perfectly okay. Now obviously, we don't say that about every person. We appreciate and we understand like the Alshech HaKadosh says, it's only by Yechidei Segula, the greatest of their generation. No. I don't see why that's a problem for people say that on the Rebbe as the great person of the generation who saved the generation from, 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 from assimilation. Turned around the tide of... I mean, there's so much. I'm not, I'm not making an, a... a uh, a commemoration now or something to the rabbi, that's not my union. I'm just saying that it's not outside of the pale of Judaism to believe that way and to be certain that way. And the emphasis is if you appreciate what Amuna is, true Amuna is, true Amuna is not an intellect. True Amuna is an Ashama sense of something. The Maral explains that Amuna is, he says, the difference between Seichel and Amuna is, in intellect, because your mind convinces you of a certain phenomenon, that's, that establishes its reality. It exists because your mind established it. In, in Amun, it's the opposite. Because it is, that's why you believe it. In other words, the truth of whatever it is, is, is shining into you, and that's why you are, you, are, you, are, you are believing in it. It's like the idea that the, the true, pure idea of Amun and Hashem is not because intellectual. It's because the Abish, there's MS, is shining in your Nisham. So for people that don't appreciate the concept of, its, of a hiskashras, of a bonding between a Rebbe and a Chassid, okay, 
So you don't appreciate it. But for, for those who, don't, who do know what means Rebbe Chassid and how deep that bond is, and as it says last week in the parsha, one soul is bonded up with the other soul. So if the Chassid believes without a shadow of a doubt that the Rebbe is alive, and, it, and for some reason it's not enough for this person that he's alive spiritually, but he's alive physically, and that doesn't mean that the, whatever happened, you're going to show him photographs of Gimel Thomas, Tavshinu, and Dalit, and say, oh, like, look, there's a funeral. I know, but Yaakov Avinu, there also was a funeral. And all those things. And you know what? And yet, Chazal say, loy meis. The one last thing that is still needs some clarification is even after we establish the possibility, according to Torah, that certain Sadiqim, uh, when it says that they died or when we see they pass away, it's not to be understood in the literal sense because there always remains a connection between body and soul. The question is, why would people insist on that? That's the question. You know, people like it. What's wrong to say that the tzaddik lives on spiritually? Why would there be such an insistence? Meaning, what 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 satisfaction does someone get by insisting that he needs? Why is that such a need to have to say that the tzaddik is physically alive in the body? I mean, we the Jewish people relate to the spiritual as a very real thing. So, what's wrong if he's spiritually alive? Why does he have to be physically alive? So. The truth is, you know, the, 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 we talk about by Chabad Chassidim. It's interesting that the, that, the, that the Lubavitch Rebbe insisted regarding his father-in-law after his father-in-law passed away in 1950 that um, nothing changed and that the life of the previous Chabad Rebbe has only been altered to our, to our senses, but not be'emes. And there he explains how the Nasi Adur continues to live exactly like he was before. Um, there was very strong insistence, not just once, but again and again and again and again. Even 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 says in a in a talk that it's only an isayan, it's only a test le'inenu. Now, regarding to that particular case, by the sixth Chabad Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak, um, when the Rebbe insists that he lives on, we know that the same explanation that he gives regarding to Moshe Rabbeinu. And when we say Moshe Rabbeinu continues living and he lives even in the physical sense, one of the explanations that he gives is the idea that that the ispashtus of Moshe Rabbeinu is in every generation. That means that Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama continues to live on through the tzaddikim that are alive. So he's living in a body. His neshama literally enters the guf of the tzaddikim or especially the biggest tzaddik of the generation in which embodies Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama. So in that sense, it, it, it would be feasible to understand that when the Rebbe is insisting that the previous Rebbe is alive, he's insisting on that being alive in the physical body regarding himself, that the neshama of his father-in-law, the, the shever, is, is alive in him. And that's why he's still alive in the physical body. But that would be when you're dealing with the sixth to the seventh generation. But when you're dealing after the, in the seventh generation itself, regarding the Rebbe himself, why would Hasidim be so insisting on the non-changing element regarding the physical body of their Rebbe? Why is that so negea? So I think the Nekuda is, and this is what it seems like, 
the, 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 the conviction regarding this is as follows. The reason we say regarding Dafka Yaakov Avinu and Dafka Moshe Rabbeinu Loimes, from all the other tzaddikim that there are, so many other tremendous tzaddikim to the Jewish people, and Dafka by Yaakov Avinu and Moshe Rabbeinu, we say Loimes, is related that they personify MS. In other words, even though every tzaddik is MS, if you're Sheker, if you're a lie, then you're not a tzaddik, you're an imposter. So, but there is an MS itself, there's many, many dargis in MS. For instance, we don't say about Avram and Yitzchak that they are MS. Avram's midah is chesed, Yitzchak's midah is gevura, and Yaakov's midah is midah sa emes, titen emes le Yaakov. And mitzad, the emes of Yaakov, regarding to the truth, truth is something that doesn't end. Truth has to last forever. It says in the Pasuk, sfas emes tikoin la'ad, that the language of truth is established and, and lasts forever. Va'adar gia, and if it calms down, l'shoin sheker, it's the tongue of falseness. Which means that an, a true amitist, a real, real MS, truly MS doesn't only mean not false, it means that something that truly is has to always be, can't stop. Because if it can cease to be is a sign that even when it wasn't, wasn't it wasn't absolutely true. And the proof that we spoke about this in other classes, um, from a halacha, the halacha is regarding um, water that we need for para aduma, so it has to be mayim chayim. It has to be for the water that is mixed for the, um, for the it's called mechatas, the water of the carbon, for, for, for the for the red heifer to purify from a dead body it has to be mayim chaim living waters. The Gemara says what's called living waters. So the Talmud says that if you have a river, a nahar, that is machas voice, that dries up once in seven years, it, the waters that are in it are not called mayim chaim, and the Gemara refers to it as naharis hamachas voice. They are deceiving rivers. It's a deceptive river. And the reason for that is, if the river is truly a river, that means that this is a place that inherently has a flow of water to it, then it should be so in all circumstances. If there are times that this water dries up, is a sign that the relationship of the place to the water is circumstantial. It happens to be that there's a lot of snow melt, and therefore water flows in this place. But it's not inherent. When something is inherent... It means it's always there. How do you know if something is essential to somebody? How do you know if a certain character that you have, a certain nature, a certain behavior is inherent to you or it's something that you just picked up somewhere? The answer is if you, how, how hard it is to change it. If it's very easily dropped and you can switch to something else, a sign it's not inherent to you. But something that is inherent to you either is very, very, very excruciatingly difficult to change or you can never change it because it's inherent. It's who you are. And that's, so that's the, that's the idea of MS. MS is something that's absolute. And therefore, by Yaakov Avinu, since he's MS, so his life can't be interrupted because his whole mitzvah is MS. And not only is his MS on one level, in his spiritual state, he can't be interrupted. If Yaakov Avinu is MS, then in every place that he comes, he's MS. So if he comes down in a physical body, he personifies MS, which has to last forever. And if Chas V'Shalom, he died, that means that even when he was alive... The physical Yaakov wasn't absolutely true. And that's the reason why Yaakov Avinu, Loimes, the physical Yaakov, is truth forever. Meaning his life and his physical body has to be true forever. Moshe Rabbeinu is the same thing. So it's, and, and, and the two things go together. It's in time and in space. In time, where we say that in time he has to last forever, it's also in space. That means there can't be a certain space where he is not. 
If he's the MS, then he has to be everywhere, meaning on every madrega. That MS has to come through. Can't just be in, on. That's one of the reasons between the difference between the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu brought us and the Torah that we, the Jewish people had before Moshe Rabbeinu. The Torah that we had before Moshe Rabbeinu, that Avram and Yitzchak and the Aves kept the Torah, it says was not the Torah's MS, like the Torah that we have after Matan Torah. How come it's not Torah's MS? Because they were only able to observe it in the spiritual. It didn't express itself in the physical. And the fact that it remained in one realm and it didn't carry through in all realms is a sign that it's not MS. Again, we discussed this in... in actually, I'm having a, 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 an article coming out on the Hamodia in, in, in uh, two weeks, Pasha's Ve'era, based on a shir that we gave, which, expre- which explains this idea. That when something is MS, it's, it's through and through on every level and at all times. So Yaakov Avinu and Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu's Torah that he brings us is Moshe Emes Vitairase Emes finds expression even in the physical world as well. When it comes to the Lubavitcher Rebbe, we see an interesting thing. And that is that until the Rebbe came along, when, you, when, when a Jew put on tefillin, when a Yitz puts on tefillin, what are you putting on tefillin? You're putting on tefillin because of a reason. What? Your father taught you, your, 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 your grandfather put on tefillin. You learned so in halacha. You're inspired to put on tefillin. You like to put on tefillin. You have these set of circumstances that get you to put on tefillin, and that's why you're putting on tefillin. Therefore, when you meet another Jew who's not under the same set of circumstances, did not have parents which educated him to behave this way, did not learn in yeshiva, did not have a zayda that you have a picture on the wall wearing tefillin, you have a Jew with complete different circumstances, a Jew who lives in a complete secular reality. So, okay, he doesn't wear tefillin. It's, it's okay. Why should he wear tefillin? Uh, I wear tefillin because of the, of the circumstances. The Rebbe, however, insisted that every single Jew wear tefillin. doesn't make a difference. And it doesn't make a difference under, and, and in a manner where you don't even have to educate him and bring him into a certain belief system. If, I'm a, if you meet a Jew and you know he's a Jew and you go over with him and say, are you Jewish? You could put him on tefillin. Not only you could put him on, you should put him on tefillin. How important is his tefillin? Just as important as your tefillin is. Why? Because by the Rebbe... Again, you can see that by M in Yiddish you say had By him it was shining the MS of Torah. And if the truth of Torah is, re- if if you're connected to the truth of something, so if it's true, mitzad the amitas of the Eberster, mitzad the truth of God, which is the true truth of the world, that every Jewish arm needs to put on tefillin, not because of some circumstances, but because of truth, then 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 every Jew has to wear tefillin. There's no difference. This is a Jew who has langa payas and shuckles a lot and goes to the mikveh. And this is a Jew who just came out of a of a of a of a of a, of a, of a nightclub, or I guess putting on tefillin is during the day, so not nightclub or whatever. Or just came out of a tray for restaurant and ate tray. There's a difference. Tefillin is tefillin. This is the MS. It's the Abraham's Ratzon. So he has to wear tefillin. And so it is if you look at the life of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. You see it in all of his shittas. Everything is the MS. So the MS of Torah, the MS of Yiddishkeit, the MS of Elokus. And since you see that in every aspect of him, it becomes important, not just important, it, it's obvious that the expression of his neshama in his body is also an inyan amiti, it's emes. And that emes of the lokos can't stop. And therefore, dafka, chassidim, insist that, if, that it's not just he's alive spiritually, because alive spiritually means that he's in one darge, yeah, and another darge is not, and that's not emes. Emes... And that's why we, we just believe ultimately in Tchiyas because we realize that our, 
our existence in this world is an inyan amiti, it's something of truth, and therefore life has to continue on eternally. The main thing is, and I really wanted to explain all of this Kabbalistically as, as well, there's a fascinating piece and discussion of the Lubavitcher Rebbe's father, Rebbe Levi Yitzchak, on this whole passage of the Gemara, on this whole dialogue. I'm just going to, you know what, I'll say just a little tidbit, and that's it, and just a little nugget. He says this came about from Rabbi Yitzhak and Rabbi Nachman that was sitting by a meal. He says the meal that they were sitting by, he proves it from many different things, was Shabbos Shalashudas. It was the third meal. It's the mincha, the, 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 the meal that comes by mincha time. And he says that's why Rabbi Yitzhak and Rabbi Nachman are sitting together, because Yitzhak is the one who instituted mincha. And Nachman has the letters mincha inside of him. Mincha and Nachman. So Yitzhak and, and, and they're sitting by the meal. And this meal is the meal of Yaakov Avinu. Because the, the first meal of Shabbos is, is corresponds to Avram. The second meal corresponds to Yitzchak. And the third meal corresponds to Yaakov. And by Yaakov Avinu we say, nachlas Yaakov avicha, That I will, the Zohar, the Pasuk says, I will give you to eat the nachla of Yaakov. Now, it was precisely at this meal where the discussion came up, where he told him, Divri Torah, that Yaakov didn't die. Why? Because Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Nachman said to Rabbi Yitzchak, milsa. Say something. Say a word. In Aramaic, the word milsa means a word. Say something. Now the word milsa, if you rearrange the letters, is a low mace, didn't die. That's why when he responded, he said, say a word. He said, let me give you a milsa. Loi mace. Yaakov didn't die. Now, why was this so important that it has to be said during that time? Mincha in general is a time of judgments. It's the, it's the most severest time of the day. It's the time of dinim. Yitzhak is judgment. Sun is going down. Intensification of all the forces of darkness in the world is by mincha time. It's a tough time. Shabbos by mincha we emphasize lays dinim. There's no judgments. You say b'nei achol over there. All the forces of darkness are kicked out. There's no judgments at all. But yet we find that by Shabbos by Mincha, three tzaddikim passed away. Shabbos by Mincha. Who are the three tzaddikim who passed away by Shabbos by Mincha? The three tzaddikim are Yosef Atzadik was the first one. The Zohar says passed away by Shabbos by Mincha. Moshe Rabbeinu and David HaMelech. Three tzaddikim passed away by Shabbos by Mincha. That's why by Mincha by Shabbos we say three times Tzitkascha. Tzitkascha, because we're saying that Hashem is righteous. The reason we're saying three times Tzitkascha, it's referring to these three tzaddikim who passed away by Shabbos by Mincha. Now if you take the Gematria of Yosef, Moshe, and David, I'm not, right now I don't have the book open in front of me to tell you exactly what the Gematria is. Yosef, oh here it is. Yosef, Moshe, and David. Uh, Moshe is 345. Yosef is 156. David is 14. Add them up together, it's five, five, 515. And when was it by Mincha? Five times the word Mincha is also 515. Why f- Mincha five times? What does Mincha have to do with five times Mincha? Mincha is Gematria 103. Five times 103 is 515. Same like Moshe, Yosef, and David. 
who, who all three died by Shabbos by Mincha. What's the connection? You know there's a carbon that's called a carbon Mincha. Besides for our Tfilas Mincha, there's a carbon called a carbon Mincha. It's a meal offering. So you look in Allah, you look in Torah, there are five different ways to make a carbon Mincha. Different, different ingredients of how you make a carbon Mincha. If you go to Mench, they have all the five different types. I'm just kidding. So the five, um, five, five different minchas. These and therefore, they passed away. They're going the names are going Anyways, because the word Sadiqim who passed away by mincha, Shabbos by mincha, it therefore might occur to someone that Yaakov Avinu also passed away, especially that this is Sudas Yaakov. And we refer to the Sud as Nachlas Yaakov. Nachlas means an inheritance. So it could occur to someone that Yaakov Avinu did die. So therefore he has to say, Yaakov Lohmes. Why? Why Dafka Yaakov Lohmes? Because Yaakov is truth. Titain MS Yaakov. And truth is eternal. Truth is forever. Let's take a look at the word Ms Liyakov. If you look at the words Titain Ms Liyakov, let's leave out the word Titain. Let's look at the word Ms Liyakov. You rearrange the letters. Yaakov Loi Mes. Yaakov didn't die. The truth of Yaakov is Yaakov doesn't die. Bottom line is there's so much more than our silly eye sees and recognize. So let's. Just appreciate that and, and know that. And as a result, and, and respect the amuna of Yidin, of simple Yidin, that the amuna of Yidin is real and emes. May Hashem um, bless us that we should already see Yaakov Avinu and he should see us. Um, emerging from the Gullus and we should see already the full and complete redemption and it should be already the ultimate Vayechi Yaakov that Yaakov is alive and all of us can see and not only is he alive but he makes us all fully alive with the coming of Mashiach and may we see it now, now and now. Oh,